correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. radiocom Welcome to Me and Steve Talk RPGs, a podcast where me and my friend Steve try and help you get the most out of your role-playing game experience. Welcome back to Me and Steve Talk RPGs. I'm here with my friend Steve. Hello. And we're going to talk some RPGs, but before we get into that, we have a podcast for the week. Yes, we do. And this week, our D20 Network Spotlight is the Genesis Archives which is an actual play podcast that pretty much exclusively uses Genesis. Now, everything they've released up until right now has been their campaign in what they call the Unseen World, which their uh, GM, Jonathan, who we talked to a while back, actually has put a book for out on the Genesis Foundry. But if you're not familiar with it, it's a really cool modern mythology urban fantasy setting, I think is a good way to explain it, set in Las Vegas, which means... Everything goes. Yeah, very cool stuff. And, you know, they've they've got other stuff recorded. When or if they release it, they don't even seem to know. But they're really cool people, and it's it's a really cool game and a, and a really cool podcast to listen to. So, uh, yeah, something to check out. Yep, Genesis Archives. So, uh, all right. So, I was trying to think about what we could talk about this week, Steve. And it occurred to me that you and I spend an awful lot of time talking about an awful lot of games. No. <laughs> and that we also buy quite a few games. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've looked at my, because someone had a conversation with someone that I work with and they're like, well, how many RPG games do you own? And I went, <laughs> um, well, I don't know. <laughs> so you just start scratching your neck and like scratching your arm and going, not enough, man, not enough. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, that's just the physical books. What would it be if I counted PDFs? Oh no, <laughs> don't start counting PDFs. <laughs> and then it's just like, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I said, it, it's a lot, you know, but I, I thought maybe it'd be fun to just have a talk around, you know, what for, for, each or both of us, you know, what is it that, that makes you look at a game and go, oh, I want that. I'm interested in that. You know, if for no other reason than, than maybe, I don't know, maybe we can figure something out about ourselves Yeah, <laughs> instead I, of just the itch. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, the big draw right now, at least, is it has to have, like, I don't so much care about system right now, but the big draw for me is it has to have a compelling setting meaning that it has to like if it's going to be a fantasy setting i don't want a standard fantasy setting if it's going to be a cyberpunk it has to be you know like dark and gritty cyberpunk if it's going to be sci-fi it better have a really interesting world around it like it, it, it has to have a setting that grabs on one of my interests in a way or another right mm-hmm. i think that's the biggest thing that makes me like okay, I want that or I don't really like, not that I, not that I hate something, but more of just, I don't, this isn't for me. Right. Mm -hmm. I think I'd echo a lot of that. I think the biggest thing that, that I kind of my, my first litmus test, if you will, 
when I look at a game is, is this a game that I'd be interested in running? And yeah. by that, I mean, like, I would buy a game if I was just going to be a player, if I knew that it was going to be a campaign of decent length and, you know, like, like, like I'm going to use the book. I have no problem buying a book in that context. But I think I'm I'm kind of, at least at this stage, either because I'm just a cheap son of a gun or whatever, I don't buy games because, oh, gee, I'd like to play that someday in the context of being a player. That's just not how I work. And, you know, I, I don't think it's, if, if that's how somebody out there picks stuff, good for them. You know, in fact, I, I know someone who almost never GMs, but buys a ton of stuff. So good for them. Yeah. And I understand the logic because I, I've been there about the logic behind, oh yeah, I'm going to pick this up because I might play it someday. Cause I have a bunch of games of, I might play it someday. At this point, I'm just working through the catalog and being like, nope, not really buying. Like, I am, but I'm not buying new games. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm buying stuff that's of significant importance to me that I'm worried is going to be difficult to acquire later. <laughs> no, that's fair. I've I've bought stuff like that. Um, there's other stuff where, now, the one exception I'll make to that to a certain point sometimes is bundles. If yeah. You, get, you know, bundle of holding or Humble Bundle, or even sometimes the bundles that'll be put up on drive-thru for assorted, you know, charity benefits, whatever, kind of look at it and go, oh, yeah, there's a title in there I'm interested in, and for 20 bucks I get that and 17 more? Okay. Yeah, or if I open a game up and I'm looking at some, looking at a creator's game and, and they have, like, oh, here's some of my previous work that I've bundled with that. I'll probably end up picking up the bundle over the over just the game I wanted originally, just sort of, I don't know, throw a little extra money. I think my thing right now has been like, I'm buying games that are, like I said, that, that are absolute necessities for me. So like cyborg, right? Cyborg is, is a, a absolute necessity. I need to get that as soon as I can. And, and you know, that's a game that, that, I don't know. I'm running out of words. My brain just like wandered <laughs> off. Well, but like we're both, you know, and, and uh, I mean, you know, we know each other's tastes at least somewhat. We're both big cyberpunk fans and we both right. like kind of that dirty, gritty, slimy cyberpunk. Right. And it's coming from the people who did Morkborg. You know, that's what you're going to get. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm, I'm automatically grabbing something like that or I'm grabbing, you know, we've talked about different games of the week where I've been like, oh, I'm I'm going to get this or I'm going to get that. What I've been doing with those recently has been throwing them in a a throwing them in my cart or throwing them in a saved folder and then going back later and being like, do I still want this? Yes, I mm -hmm. still want this. You know, it it's the at the moment it seems really cool. It's it's the I have to stop myself from impulse buying games because I do have the bad habit of impulse buying games. Oh gosh. Yes, that's that's something that I have to try and avoid, too. Well, that's and I'm not saying this to be rude, but that's why I stay out of the game shop, <laughs> because anytime I go there, I'm taking at least one hundred and twenty dollars and planning on walking out with at least two new games. <laughs> mm -hmm. But that's why I stay away from there, because it's not that I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to go there. It's just because I know myself and I know that if I go, I'm going to walk out with games and I don't need to be buying that stuff right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's tons of 
that's the other thing is that there are so many pay what you want or free games or games that are like less than $10 out there that are so cool that I've picked up over the years. And that's why I'm just sitting there looking at my PDFs going, I just got to stop buying games because I have all these like free or pay what you want or bundled games or this or that. It's just like, I can't, I can't keep buying these premium priced games just because I like, Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Well, that's, you know, well, yeah. And now that's the thing, right? Like you were saying, you want, usually it, it's something with the setting or the premise of the game that, that kind of grabs you and pulls you in. And when you get to a lot of these pay what you want or these lower price, you know, like you said, we'll call it 10 bucks and under, but a lot of these super indie things, right? A lot of times they may not have, I don't know how to explain it. Like they, they usually have either a really, really cool setting or something mechanically about them that's really interesting. And I think for me, a lot of times that's because I also will get a little bit off the mechanics deep end occasionally and just get fascinated by game mechanics. But you have a game like like Warlock, which you know I've mentioned a couple times. <sighs> Warlock has a little bit of an implied setting, but the creator has been very upfront that he really built it as an easier system to play Warhammer with his buddies with, except his buddies didn't want to play, didn't want to learn the Warhammer fantasy setting or the Warhammer fantasy rule system because it's a big, complicated thing. They wanted a simple, easy to play, you know, as he calls it, beer and pretzel style game. And so I picked that up because it ticks a lot of boxes for me as far as things I like from a system standpoint. And I don't know a ton about, you know, the Warhammer old world, but it's a setting I'm very, very curious about because it is kind of gritty and, and whatever. Yeah. I, for that, as far as, as far as like beer and pretzel style games, I kind of gravitate towards that type of game as well, just in general, because I like games too, that occasionally I'll just have friends over and, or we'll just be hanging out in discord and it'll be like, well, what do you want to do? I don't know. Well, why don't I just throw this on a table real quick? We could play it within an hour and be done. And those kind of games are a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of is another thing. I look for games that'll fill a a need in my catalog, right? Mm -hmm. Like I won't, always just buy these super big form games when I like having just the, you know, I got it on my phone here. We could play it. I got, you got dice. I got dice. Okay, cool. You know, like having a couple drinks with some friends and playing something like, you know, a 200 word RPG or something that's just maybe one page, two page, you know, Mm -hmm. And and just throwing that down on a table with people and and having a good time with that, I I do I do gravitate towards those games as far as buying them, and I just find it easier to I find it easier to actually play those games. You know what I mean? Like easier to learn them, easier to just grab them and throw them down and and get them played. And that's a big reason why I bought them is because I had faith that I could get them played. Well, they're low investment too, both in terms of what you have to, you know, spend monetarily to get them, but also like, okay, yeah, you just get a handful of friends together and all, what the heck, let's do it. It's not this, okay, we're going to make characters. We're going to this, we're going to that, we're going to, which is all great, you know, for, 
for a lot of games, that is what you want. You know, like it is. I just think back to when we were playing in person and, you know, oh, so-and-so can't make it tonight. Okay, well, that's fine. We'll just throw this on the table and play it. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, it was, it's always nice to just have that. Oh, well, it's just going to be just going to be the two of us or the four of us tonight. You know, Bob can't make it this week. Oh, that's all right. I got, um, well, hey, maybe instead of continuing on with the campaign, we play this instead. And that's just something I gravitate towards. Not that I find myself in that predicament a lot, but it is it is a useful tool to have. But those games also often have some little quirky thing that's just amusing. Oh, yeah. Just a, just a fun time. I mean, it, yeah. There's, there's a lot of those games. We've talked about a lot of those games over just just game of the week or just yapping on the podcast in general about games. It's, it's been like, Oh, well there's this or there's that, or there's what was that one? Um, bean was one and there's just a ton of like one page RPGs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's just nice to have those. And, and I'm, like I said, I'm more likely to grab that where something like, you know, if I know I can get a long form campaign out of it, I'll pick it up like mutant city blues i picked up mutant city blues knowing that eventually i would get a long form campaign out of this well guess what now i have a long form campaign going of mutant city blues and it's a gumshoe game so it's not like it's super high investment but no it's different it's a really interesting system though it is a really interesting system it's a really cool system i'd like to have somebody somebody who's a little bit more familiar with it than me come on and talk about that at some point yeah, we should find someone somehow, somewhere, something. Um, <laughs> but that game, you know, it's like, it's also a really interesting premise just from the fact that it's street-level superheroes plus police procedural. Well, and it's not a hard sell to somebody, though. Right. It's not It's not this super high-concept, uh, really difficult sell to somebody. It's. It's kind of easy to go... Would you be interested in playing a game where, you know, your police investigating crimes around superpowers? Right. Oh, yeah, that sounds cool. Like, you could pitch that to somebody as your police in the world of superheroes. Oh, yeah, okay. I think I could see that and have a fun time with that. That's not a hard sell. Or, like, whereas something like, I don't know, Slay Industries is a little bit more difficult. Yeah, but that's got a a really unique world vision to it. Yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying that sometimes that can be a little bit more difficult of a sell to somebody to get them to be like, Oh yeah, I'm definitely in for that. You know, it's well, your point it's, of reference is so much more accessible with mutant city blues, right? You go, right. You know, is it, you know, uh, daredevil, you know, punisher, Jessica Jones, plus, you know, NYPD blue or right. law and order, or, you know, it's, it's meeting those two worlds, which are references that everyone has where slay industries is just a little more out there. Yeah, no. And I, I absolutely agree with that. And I understand that slay industries, like that's a game that you could pitch to people. Like if you know the right group of people, you can sell that game easily. Well, what I'm get getting at more so is that you have to know the right group of people. True. But that's that makes me more likely to buy a game that's maybe built for long form campaigns. And we've talked about this, you know, we talked about this a little bit is that we're both in spots now where 
yeah, I could run something long form, and I, I really just don't want to, though. I really would much rather just run something for four to six sessions, you know, and and wrap it up, be done with it, and move on to something else. And that's kind of working through my battle backlog, and that's kind of also just not having the attention span right now for anything longer than, like, six sessions. No, that's fair. I mean, I... Yeah, like I, I want to play those longer games, but I don't have the time. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I understand. You know, I, I get it because like I have my own stuff going on and I'm trying to do this and do that. And then when it's like, oh, well, yeah, I got a game that I got to prep for that is going to be going for six months to a year. That's a little bit too long for me right now. Mm-hmm. But a game that's going for maybe two months, three months, you know, a couple yeah. months I can handle. Do you ever buy games just to sort of, I don't know, not really left turn this, but just to something it, um, do you ever buy games like because of a specific, like they're written for a specific IP? Um, and by that I'm, I'm talking more like they're based on some other IP, not, you know, like for example, I have the twilight 2000 box set, which is a, you know, a reboot, if you will, of a, older game i'm just interested in the themes behind it i didn't buy it because i have fond memories of the old one i never got to play the old ones but like i have slowly been buying star wars books as i find them because well i want them and it's star wars (laughs) i i mean you're talking to a guy that has the dresden files rpg i do and i don't like i do in a way in that I will pick up stuff occasionally that I'm like, oh, I didn't know this had a had a game behind it. Like Judge Dredd. Mm-hmm. I picked that up because I was like, oh, this is sweet. And it's Judge Dredd. So that's a really cool world to play in. But I, I'm not necessarily the like, I'm not necessarily the person that's like, oh, it's this. It's, you know, this IP. I'm so excited for that IP. Like. There are things that I get excited for, like Dune. I got really excited when the 2D20 Dune came out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got really excited. I'm really excited for stuff like, like I said, the Judge Dredd R- RPG. And that's that's kind of, I don't know. It has to be an R- It has to be an IP that I really, really care about. Or one that is so weird that I never thought it would get an RPG. You know what I mean? That's fair, yeah. I think when it comes to IPs, I'm a little more selective. Like I'll go, okay, you know, do I know that system? You know, do I, do I want to learn a system for that, that IP or would I rather take what I know of that IP and put it in a system that I already own? And yeah, I agree with that. And for me, it's a little bit of, with that one, it's a little bit of, uh, maybe not so much, is it a system I want to learn? But it's, I'll do a little bit of research on the system and see what it does mm-hmm. and then make my decision, right? Like, I'm not necessarily going to run out and buy, like, I'm not going to buy a, a game necessarily set in D&D because I know what that system has to offer. And I know I already have that system and I don't really care to, you know what I mean? Yeah. If if I'm gonna run, depending on the depending on what it is, if I'm gonna run something, I'm probably gonna run it in a different system aside from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, see, like, but okay, like this is go ahead. No, but like the two D twenty system, I, that's a system that I'm sort of like, 
oh, I want to learn this. I want to learn a little bit more about it. I want to get my hands on it. So I picked up Dune because I was like, well, this is a good reason to pick that system up. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I'm not just going to I'm not just going to be like, oh, it's the usually I'm not going to be like, oh, it's the IP because I can play with those toys at any point. Nobody's going to come. And if a company starts coming after you for playing with IP stuff that you're not recording and publishing, how did they find out in the first place? Well, yeah. And secondly, it's like, if that's going to be the case, then I don't want to support that, that company anyways. So yeah, if somebody's going to come into my sandbox and take my toys away, then I'm going to get mad and, you know, I'm not going to play in your sandbox no more. <laughs> well, see, like 2D20 is a good example, though. I'm curious about the system. I haven't picked anything up because right now the IPs that they have, most of them, not to say that I wouldn't play them. Like, I'm I'm not much of a Trekkie. I've tried a few times. I, I'm sorry. I, y'all can enjoy it all you want. It just doesn't hold my attention very well. Conan, again, okay, seems interesting, but... I don't feel like investing that much time to go back and learn the lore for that type of setting. It's just not what greatly interests me. Now, Fallout, I think I would really like Fallout if I got into it. But because I lived in a cave for a while and missed all the Fallout video games, I don't know diddly crap about Fallout. And so going to back to what I said earlier about, you know, is it a game I'd be interested in running? Well, no, I don't know enough about the setting to run it. Definitely a game where if I were to get invited to, to play, hey, do you want to play in this Fallout campaign? I'd probably go get, you know, at least a PDF of the book to have because based on my surface level knowledge of it, it's a setting that would interest me. Yeah. Only one that's in a 2D20 family that I'm, you know, doing probably similar thing. I've just never really gotten that into it. I think you would enjoy Dune because Dune is... Let me just tell you a little bit about Dune and then you can tell me if because it, it, I think it you and me share a lot of similar tastes. So I, I know if I'm like I'm interested in Dune, I think you would be interested in Dune. Dune is kind of a mix between like fantasy, sci fi, really alien concepts, though. And it's 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 kind of a uh, the story is more about like war and it's it's fan it's it's sci-fi game of thrones basically okay. it is all these houses doing different things and who controls the universe and how that gets you know what's do, what's getting done and how it's getting done and who's usurping who and it's a lot of that and i think you would like dune if you looked into it a little bit probably again it probably falls into that category of where i invited to play in something i knew was going to be more than a couple sessions i probably would grab it yeah. Just because. Achtung Cthulhu, subject matter is right down my alley. I have the quick start, but I already have other systems that I really like to play that genre in. It doesn't take much work to put yeah. them in that time space. And so it's kind of like, man, I, I want it, but at the same point, do I need it? That's one of those ones that I don't know if I'm sold on that one either. Well, I think part of it is, you know, like I've got Delta Green. I've got, I mean, I don't have 7th edition Call of Cthulhu at the moment. I have my old 5th edition book somewhere, but it's Call of Cthulhu. It's still very similar. Yeah, I, I the reason I say I don't know if I'm sold on that, I, I think I'm just sort of burnt out on that kind of story right now. And I don't know that I'm in the mood to 
play that kind of story. You know what I mean? No, and that's fair, right? Like that that's the thing, is right? Just because I like it doesn't mean you do, doesn't mean you know No whoever I, I, does. I know. I'm just sort of putting out my mind space right now. Is mm-hmm. that like I, I I don't know that I'm in the mood to play Octung Thulu or really well, yeah, I could play like Delta Green or something, but like I don't know that I'm in the mood to play Octung Thulu. Like that's just one that I'm just every time I look at it, I'm like this doesn't really do anything for me. You know, it, 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 it's a, it doesn't have the setting that I really care for. It doesn't have a, like, it just doesn't do it for me. No, and that's, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm curious about the system from a mechanical standpoint, but it just, yeah. Yeah. I could say that I'm semi curious about the system on a mechanical standpoint. I don't know that like, I'm just sort of more like, well, if I want to do that, I have uh, I have other options that I could do that with, and yeah. I don't know. Somewhere in my head now, this all connects to like, okay, I backed, uh, not only for the PDF, I backed Coyote and Crow. Mm-hmm. I backed it because I found the concept really interesting just from a, hey, I want to see what this is when they do it. Right. And plus it does have, I believe it's a D12-based system. I've had yeah, the PDF I, for a couple months now. I haven't actually, other than just kind of flipped through it. So I remember it being an interesting system. And I, I was absolutely like, I picked up a copy of Coyote and Crow because I wanted to know what their setting was. I, I don't, the system is very entwined in that setting, but I don't so much care about the system and more, like I said, I'm, I'm more intrigued in using their setting for, probably actually Genesis, if I'm honest. <laughs> well, since you bring it up, where does Genesis fall in this mix for you? Because, I mean, look, we, we're both fans, right? I have the core book, and I have the core book, and I'll grab stuff off the foundry as, like, as I find useful. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's about it. <laughs> See, now I have the core book, the expanded player's guide, and Shadow of the Beanstalk in print. And then I have assorted other things from the Foundry, et cetera, in PDF. I'm not saying I didn't totally pick up almost everything for Genesis. Like, not not all of the Foundry stuff, but all of the, like, I don't Taranoth know how to... And... Yeah, Terranoth and, and Shadow and the Expanded Player's Guide and a lot of the Studio 404 stuff. And, like, I have a lot of that stuff already that I downloaded digitally and bought, but it's just a matter of like, I'll steal things from here and there with Genesis. I look at it like it's well, what it is. I look at it like a freaking sandbox to play it. Yeah. Well, and that was its design. And I think that to me, to be honest, as to the three settings they've put out right now, the only one that I'm even more than just a tiny bit interested in is Shadow with a Beanstalk. And even that, you know, we've talked about that in the last couple episodes, so we don't need to rehash yeah. that. But you now the Twilight Imperium, whenever they get that out, that seems like it could hold a little more interest for me. Yeah, Twilight Imperium has a little bit more interest. I almost wish they would put out a normal normal fantasy setting, like an official normal fantasy setting. Mm-hmm. Because Tirnoth is okay, but... It just doesn't, it, 
Tiernoth is based off of Keyforge, which was a Steve Jackson game. And Steve Jackson board games and card games have kind of a feel that I don't care for. Mm-hmm. It's I, I don't want to say it's childish because I know somebody's going to come after me and be like, well, it's not childish, but it, it, it I don't know. It kind of has that feeling like it's well, a lot of the FFG stuff. It, it's kind of quirky and weird. Yeah, but not in the way that I go. Ooh, I like that. That's quirky and weird. Yeah, <laughs> the FFG stuff is really aimed towards all ages, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that, but I'm just saying that Tiranoth just doesn't do it for me. I would like to see a officially licensed, like an official, here's our fantasy setting, because I think Genesis could do that really well. Plus having, plus having official rules on magic would be really nice. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff in the core book for that and in, in Tiranoth as well, but yeah, no, I get where you're coming from. I, I would like to see a little more straight laced, although to be honest, I don't really want to play that. So I can't really say I want to see it. I don't want to play it. I just want, I, I want the, I want you to make a rule set for me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I want you to make my life just a little bit easier, please. Like, and I, there's a ton of great stuff on the foundry and I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that like, there's arguments that happen within the Genesis community that, if we had an official supplement, it would end a lot of those arguments. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I think to a certain point, almost that's the strength of Genesis is that it is loose enough that it's good for those. Well, it's not really this and it's not really that. So we'll do it this way. Yeah. I, Genesis is very much about like ruling on the fly and, and playing just playing off the seat of your pants. And I like it. I really like the system. It's really great. It's it's a lot of fun. It's just one of those things where I sit there and go, I just wish there was a little bit more official and everything wasn't didn't have to be fan made, right? Yeah. No, I'm with you there. Yeah. Not that I'm like again, I've said this like six times now, but not that I'm saying that fan made's a bad thing. I'm just more along the lines of I wish that the studio gave more of a crap about Genesis. Yeah, well, that's, see, that's getting into all the corporate, everything that's involved with that, too, and, and struggles with that, but. I, I understand, and I, I I don't know all of the stuff behind it, but from an outsider looking in, it it seems like that corporate is, is like, nah, we don't, like, it exists, we made it, it's fine, it's out there, here, you play with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly, I, I get exactly where you're at. And I don't even think it's the fault of the people in char- directly in charge of it. I think their hands are tied at this point, or have been. Yeah, have been. I don't know. I I, I just genuinely don't know what. I don't. I, like I said, I'm not in that. I'm not in that. The boardrooms. I'm not in the offices. And I'm not trying to say anything to ruffle anyone's feathers. I'm not. I I understand that if if your hands are tied, that's fine. I'm just griping from a consumer standpoint of like, I wish this had a little bit more support. You know, it was like, it was, remember the dry ages of Star Wars from like the time episode three came out until recently where the only thing we were getting was animated series. Yeah. And everybody was like, I wish there was more Star Wars. I wish there was more Star Wars. That's how I feel about Genesis. Like, 
I wish there was more official Genesis stuff and it, it wasn't like, oh, well, here's some fan stuff or here's, you know, yeah, here's a hint that we're working on something. Also, I need dice and I can't get them because. Mm. Yeah, I have Star Wars dice. I don't actually have the Genesis dice yet. I need Genesis dice, but good luck. There's supposed to be a run coming, but I, I supposed to be a run coming as a, oh, oh man, I could go off on a tangent on that. <laughs> but yeah, I think the thing for Genesis, the thing I like about Genesis is Genesis is very good for doing, and this is going to sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here, but Genesis is very good at doing those quirky, weird things, be it sci-fi or whatever, that if you really wanted to stat them out, would be a nightmare of bookkeeping and so forth. And yeah. I think that's what I love about it is it lets you play with those ideas without having to spend an absurd amount of time figuring out how to stat it out. You know, it's, yeah, it's, I, I, I agree. You just describe it, but it also has enough kind of statistical backbone that it doesn't feel, you want know, to say completely like just, Oh, we decided it was this way. Yeah. It's, it's not fully, it's not fully, fully like ironed out. It is open to interpretation. I think that's why Genesis, I think Genesis does help you be a better GM in a way. That's a whole different conversation though, because it, Genesis is open form and sort of makes you go, I don't know. There's not an exact rule for this in the book. Uh, I guess we'll just, let's just do it this way and we'll go from there. And if we don't like it, we can change it. And, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's a narrative system hung on a traditional base in a lot of ways. Yeah, but it's great. I really like Genesis. Oh, it, yeah. As much as I gripe and groan about it, it's a really great system. Well, I think you said, you know, and I may be paraphrasing you, but it's almost like you find yourself wishing, I wish the company making it cared about it, as much about it as I do. Yeah, that's my big thing. But I'm not saying that they don't. Because I know we have... We have listeners that work for Edge Studios, and we have listeners that are, you know, know a thing or two about that particular company. And I'm not saying that they don't care about it. I'm just saying that I just wish it had more support in a way. I just saw a thing in the last couple of days. They have a call out for freelancers again. So they're apparently ramping towards something. I saw that. They were looking for playtesters, freelancers, all kinds of stuff. So if you're interested in that, you know, if you have the credentials, Edge Studios looking for you. So, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, but that, like I don't know. That seemed like you know, it, it it is a strange strange bit. And you know, going back to the why do you buy games though? And I have some games that I bought because because I want to. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. But there's also there's been a couple of games that I bought because well maybe this isn't the thing that I really don't want to play. And maybe I can get people to play this. Yeah. And I don't want to say that I regret buying them, but those are kind of the ones that I kind of look at and go, man, I kind of wish I hadn't spent as much money on it as I did. Yeah. I feel you. I, um, well, look, there's an 800 pound gorilla in the room that we just, we keep glancing over to, it's Dungeons and Dragons is the game that I wish I hadn't spent as much money as I did on. Well, there's that. Yeah. I like, mean, I'm sure you probably have other ones, but that's my big one is like, I look at it and I look at all the books I have for it and I'm like, why did I invest money into this? 
especially now when I'm like, I don't really care to play it again. Yeah, well, hey, look, I've got print books for at least three editions of that. So yeah. Also, as a side, just to talk a little current news, did you hear about Dungeons and Dragons and D and D Beyond? Yes, I did. Yeah, they bought D and D Beyond from Phantom. I did see yeah, that. So, uh, and apparently, I I don't know the exact details of this, but apparently, the Phantom workers are staying on the D and D Beyond project. Well, they just had a lot of turnover in that, though. Like the mm. like three or four head people left in like the last year. Yeah, but that's uh that was just some current news. Speaking of that. Yeah, no, I heard there's some chatter of that in a couple of discords I'm on where there's a lot of D&D fans and everyone seems cautiously excited. Mm. What's he? How do I put this politely? What's doesn't have the best reputation in making that kind of product. And so everybody's kind of scared on what they might do to D&D Beyond at this point. Because mm-hmm. they've tried a D and D beyond products, D and D beyond style product in the past. And it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. Mm-hmm. So everybody's kind of, I understand the caustic caught, ca- 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 the, um, caution, ca- cautionary approach. Yes. Cautionary optimism is the words okay. I was looking for. Okay. But well, do you have anything else to say about buying games before we go into the next segment where we talk about games you should buy? <laughs> I mean, no, I think like, yeah, at this point, you know, it's, it's like, I, I, usually it's, it's some element of the setting is what grabs me. And that's why I'll, I'll pick up a game. Cause it, it, it makes me want to think, makes me go. Yeah. I have, I'll get ideas to, to, to run somewhere and, you know, do something with this occasionally it is kind of more from a mechanical perspective where, man, this is designed to do something that I don't have something. Okay. Let me figure out how to say this. This, this system has features for a style of game that I want that I don't have already. Does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. It'll make sense a little more sense when we get into the next segment, because I have a game that, that fits into that category that I'm going to bring up. But, um, yeah, like, you know, it's, it's, this does things a way that I like doing them in a different, uh, uh, in an overall setting, we'll say not like a specific setting that I don't have a game that does those things that way in. Sounds good. And, and that specifically is where a lot of times I find, you know, those, those indie games that are, you know, five, 10 bucks, whatever. You know, they're smaller, but they're they're very focused. And I find that with indie developed games, a lot of the time you get one thing that's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it is, I don't want to say it's not good, but it's it's there and it's functional. You know, like, and, and I, look, I'm not criticizing the guy's work, like Gabriel Caroga with Neurocity and Warplant. The game system itself is, it's there, it does the job. The settings are so evocative, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah, I think with all that being said, let's go ahead and get into Game of the Week. Woohoo! Game of the Week! Game of the Week! Game of the Week! So, I have a game I can go first, or would you like to go first? It's up to you. No, you go first. All right. I have a game called Pistol Dust. Pistol Dust? Yes. I think I've heard of it. It is a 
Weird West High Fantasy RPG. Okay, give me just a second. I will call this up. A sort of. Would you like me to send oh, there you a link? Is. Okay. Okay. I've got it called up now. Okay. Um, they've described it as one part the good, the bad, and the ugly. One part a certain massively popular tabletop RPG. So like you know D and D. It just it's a really cool like this is another one of those. This is like. Wild West high fantasy together into world of robots, mages, gunslingers, and war, war crimes. Like it's, it's kind of do It's, it's kind of doing a little bit of Eberron. It's kind of doing a little bit of weird West. It's, it's a little bit of, of peanut butter and chocolate <laughs> for me right now. Yeah. Um, no, I, yeah. This does look interesting. Yeah. It, it's like, just a, yeah. It's an interesting take on something that I hadn't, I, I probably thought about it at some point, but hadn't really dedicated a full thought to. Yeah, well, like, okay, I've got, you know, Haunted West. And, well, you could broadly call both of them weird. What, these two, they're not the same setting-ish no. at all. No. This is very much you know, Weird West fantasy where Haunted West has the, the historical elements that are... This reminds me of Shadowrun. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Kind of if like Shadowrun in the West. Yes. If you took Shadowrun and set it in the Wild West, I think you would have this game. And if you're having a hard time thinking about it, I think that's how you need to think about it. Where you have humans and elves and and dwarves and all these other fantasy races alongside like magic and all of that stuff, but set in the Wild West. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just a interesting thing that i hadn't really it it came across and i was like oh that's something i haven't really thought about before like haven't really given much of a thought to but i could probably get behind that pretty easily okay look this we're in a time warp but i i do you know why we haven't heard of this much before because it just came out on the 11th no it came out today oh (laughs) oh well i must have seen it on kickstarter or something Cause I, I swear I've heard of it, but like hadn't heard anything other than the name, but I like the look of this and for 10 bucks for the PDF, it's going on the wish list. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like, I, I don't know how better to say it. Yeah. I, I, I'm picking it up. So, uh, but I, I like the, 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 you know, calling it, so to speak, old West shadow run. I like that, that view of it. Yeah. All, All right. right. What do you got? Well, I'm going to go, like I said, this is a, a game that I'm interested in from a mechanical perspective, I guess you could say, because it's, at least as I'm reading it, not even really a game. It is a system toolkit um, called Nave, K-N-A-V-E. Okay. And uh, it's all of seven pages, but it is a rules oh, t- I know toolkit. Nave. Yeah, it's it's a rules toolkit kind of OSR fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's classless, you know, it, it standardizes a lot of things. You know, they have a copper standard as far as, you know, money, which is nice because, again, I'm not going to say there's no one out there who doesn't play role-playing games for the accounting, but most of us don't do it that way. You know, if that's how you get your jollies, that's fine. But, yeah, I, I don't... Uh, if I'm going to play an account in a role-playing game, it's going to be Arthur. And if you don't get the reference, message me. Uh, (laughs) 
but uh yeah no this it just looks like a really interesting bit of i mean it's it's that that thing right it's three dollars it's rule stuff that i can take and and go do this thing that i don't like the way the thing it's made with does it yeah so yeah that's nave and um it's actually it's also he's actually creative commons licensed it so like if you want to write a game based off this rule set all you have to do is give him credit for it cool very cool um so yeah i mean i think that's worth checking out from uh, well his company's called questing beast games and it's written by ben milton so seems pretty interesting to me and uh i guess that's really all i have to say there yeah and with all that being said, we want to thank you all for listening. As always, links to everything are in the show notes. Uh, you can find us everywhere po- everywhere podcasts are found, including your Samsung smart fridge now. What? Yeah, uh, I went into our podcatcher and there was a button that said, would you like to would you like to send your podcast to Samsung? And I was like, for what? And it was like Samsung smart appliances. I'm like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Okay, look, I don't mean to be judgmental, but if you're listening to podcasts on your dishwasher, you have problems. No, you have a great life. Don't listen to him. It's fantastic. <laughs> listen to our show all the time on your dishwasher. Um, <laughs> look, okay, I, I'm reminded of that meme. Right? Will I'm it sure run on a toaster? <laughs> well, Does Doom no. run on my toaster? <laughs> no, the 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 meme about my wife asked me why I carry a gun in the house, and I yep. s- said Decepticons. I laughed, she laughed, the toaster laughed, I shot the toaster. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, we are now on Samsung smart devices, so you can you can tell your toaster to play us, and it will. And um, by the way, I have the R2-D2 toaster. Yeah. It actually makes the R2-D2 noises. It's actually really neat. Because to just scream when the toast pops up. No, it does the the, the classic, you know, that boop beep but do noise. Oh, that, okay. Okay, but it does it when you first push it down, and this is the part I actually like. It does it about two or three seconds before it pops back up again. Oh, good. So, like, good. you can be doing other stuff in the kitchen and go, oh, the toast is about to come up. Go over to the toaster so you can get it out and butter it or whatever while it's still nice and hot. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just as the toast pops up. <laughs> that would be actually kind of cool. <laughs> that's my favorite. I'm sorry. That's my favorite noise that R2-D2 has ever made. It's just that incoherent scream. From <laughs> Maybe I'll take a video of it and put it on the Discord. But anyways, yeah. Um, <laughs> as always, you know, links to everything in the show notes. You can find us everywhere podcasts are found. Patreon, Discord, uh, Facebook, Twitter. And with all that being said, we want to remind everyone to get out there and play some RPGs and be kind to one another. Yep. Take care, y'all. Intro and outro music by the band 12 Noon. You can email us at meandsteverpg at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and RPGs. Find us on Facebook at meandsteverpgpodcast. On Discord at meandsteverpgs. And as always, all of these links are in the show notes. Thank you, and be kind to one another. How much for the cigar? Cigar, 20 bucks, dog. You got to go down the street to the store and buy that.
Alright. <clears throat> In three, two, one. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> I may just leave that in. <laughs> uh, I got all wound up and then I yawned. It was, it was sad. Okay. In three, two, one.